With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote Though it may be known as America's pastime, baseball has spread across the world. Though the MLB is trying to come back, there is still some money to be made overseas, and Greg Peterson is going worldwide to hit a grand slam for your bankroll. From the return of baseball in the States to daily KBO picks, all the bases covered on the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson. So here is the international king of swing. A warm hello and welcome to lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast with myself, Greg Peterson. Got a terrific show for you today as David DeMann, a.k.a. David Saul, is going to be joining me in the second segment. He's a professional handicapper that, much like myself, he has gotten into the KBO. So we are going to be getting him on in the second segment. Talk to him a little bit about what he's seen in the league the first two or so weeks, a little bit of what he's looking for tonight as well, so gonna have some fun there, and we're also just gonna pick his brain on anyone that's new to betting a different league, whether that be the KBO, whether that be Taiwanese baseball, whether you're looking to get into Russia table tennis, aka ping pong, just a little bit of how to get started when it comes to betting a new league. So we're going to have some fun with that in the, in the final segment. Going to give you a side in total on every game on today's Las Vegas betting board as we touch them all. First things first, always like to be able to go to the Twitter mailbag. Not going to use the sounder, but I know that a lot of you guys had a question as to just what time is the best time to be able to get odds and who are typically some of the first to post up their lines and I've been on this podcast and I will continue to tout these guys, the gentlemen over there at Circa, doing a terrific job. I believe that they are now in Colorado. I know for sure they're out here in Las Vegas. If you're able to access lines, if at all possible, I know that there might be some geo-tracking with regards to the app, but just being able to take a look at the lines is very good because you're actually able to sign up for the app even if you don't have necessarily money in your account and just view the odds. I think that that's something that is very helpful that Circa's been able to do and if at all possible to be able to take a look at those odds that 
Typically around 11 a.m. Pacific time, that'd be 2 p.m. Eastern. It is always going to give you a nice gauge if you don't have access to that. Some of the earlier, more offshore books is Bet Online. They typically have a little bit more of a juice in which it's minus 115 on each side. FanDuel as well, they once again don't necessarily have a minus 110 line. If you notice that the over under is 9.5 and, and you have equal odds on it, it's actually going to be minus 112 on both sides. But both of those sites, if you use a different book and you're looking at more of the early odds where things are opening up, can give you a little bit of a gauge of that. So that'd be my best advice to you guys. And if you have any further questions when it comes to KBO betting, just the KBO game in general, general baseball, what have you, always fire those into my timeline at GRSCORD1. If you send them by DM, all those letters DM to me and me does not matter, but if you send them into the timeline, more than happy to give you an answer. So glad to give you guys a little bit of an explanation on that. And now let's take a look back at the four games that we saw from the KBO Friday morning. Find out a little bit more about these teams, find some trends, and get to know them a bit better. A games from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the rowdy recap. We did have one rainout Friday morning, and that is going to result in a Saturday morning slash late, late, late Friday doubleheader between the Kiwoom Heroes and the LG Twins. So our takeaway there is that there was no takeaway, but the NC Dinos continue to stay white hot. They are now 8-1, and one, leading the KBO in that regard. They did have to play 10 innings to put away the SK Wyverns, but they put up a 4 spot in the 10th inning after the Wyverns were able to get one run in the 9th inning to be able to extend this game. What is very encouraging for the Dinos is that Lee J. Hack was very, very good for this team. He wound up giving up just one run in six-plus innings, so he was able to get the job done when it comes to that regard. And the bullpen from there wasn't necessarily too bad. You did have Im Chung Min give up one run out of the bullpen, but past that, you wound up getting a grand total of four innings out of the bullpen. They gave up one run, so not a whole lot more that you can ask for there. And for the Wyverns, up a Dell at 10th inning, the bullpen was actually pretty solid as Moonsung Won wound up being able to give the team a solid start. He won six innings. He gave up just two runs. And for the Wyverns, what else is very encouraging and something that they need to do as they've been towards the bottom of the KBO when it comes to hitting is that they were able to get a long ball in this one. Oh, John Hyok. He was able to go yard in this one. This is not necessarily the world's greatest power hitter as that was his fifth career home run. But the fact that they were able to get one up on the board is very good. But then for the good buddies, the NC Dinos, Park Min Woo. Four hits in this one. He had two of the team's RBI. And what really did this team in for a big win was the bottom of the lineup. The seven and eight hitters combined four RBI in this one. So they were able to get the job done in that. The Doosan Bears just continue on their terroristic ways. This is a team that's averaging right in the neighborhood of nine runs per game over the last five. They get a big win over the Kia Tigers by kind of 13 to four. For the Kia Tigers, they were able to get not a terrible start out of Um K Young. He did wind up giving up five runs, but it was because of fielding really let him down. Out of the five runs that he gave up, only one was earned. And then when the team went to the bullpen, which had actually been somewhat reliable at the beginning of the year, they just faltered. Uh, combined eight runs, six of which were earned, given up by the bullpen. And then for the Doosan Bears, they were able to hit a trio of home runs. And the man that gave up all three of them for Kia, by the way, Park Jin Tae. I mean, this guy was being taken yard left and right as going yard for the Doosan Bears. Uj Wan, he wound up being able to get a home run in this one. 
Ryu Ji-hyuk wound up coming in as a pitch hitter and he went yard at Hu Kyung Min, the number 8 hitter, also had a home run. For Kyung Min, he's been in the KBO since 2012, just his 27th career home run. And for Kia, the big takeaway in this one, Park Jan-ho has been doing a solid job at the top of the lineup. He had two hits in this one. Once again, Preston Tucker had two hits, but they just weren't able to get that long ball. As for Dusan, the pitching was able to do a solid job of keeping the game out in front of them. And all four runs that were given up between Saruhuki Kwan and the entire bullpen, out of all four of the runs, none of them were earned. They were done in by quite a few errors, as in this one, a combined eight errors between the Kia Tigers and the Doosan Bears. The game was delayed due to a rain delay, and you could tell that it certainly did have an effect on those teams. What else had an effect was the fact that the Samsung Lions had some very poopy pitching as they give up in eight spot to the KT Wiz, aka Smiling Blobs, in the seventh inning as Samsung winds up falling by a count of 14 to 6. So that eight spot certainly was a difference in the game. And for Samsung, they were able to do a solid job of being able to get their hits as well. They wound up having 12 hits in this one, but when you take a look at what the Smiling Blobs were able to do, they were able to get a trio of home runs. Wuhan June was able to go yard in this one along with Mel Rojas. Mel Rojas has certainly been one of the better power hitters that you've been able to see in the KBO the last couple years. That was his second home run of the year last year. He had 24 of them in a league in which a ball was de-juiced, so he was able to get himself going with that regard in his hitting above a 450, so he certainly has been able to get that done. And then Park Young Soo also had a home run in this one for the Smiling Blobs. That is his second home run of the year. This is a guy that had just 10 home runs last year, but prior to that, at least 15 home runs in four consecutive games campaign, so he certainly is firing it out cylinders. And when you take a look at KT, what has really been killing this team, the bullpen pitching, but they wind up going two and two-thirds innings. They give up just one run, so a little bit of a confidence booster there. And so Young Jun wound up being able to go six and a third innings. He did give up five runs, but the thing is, only two of them were earned. Meanwhile, for Samsung, the bullpen just let them down. They wind up going a combined three innings, and they give up a lot of runs that were unearned. I will give them that. Out of their nine runs, five of them were earned, but that still means that they gave up five earned runs. So certainly was not a good day for a lot of the underdogs out there in the KBO on Friday morning. But with that said, one thing that is always barking, me trying to get great guests on this podcast. And we've got a terrific one in David Demand. Coming up next, we're going to be talking to him about his main takeaways from the KBO so far this year, how he's been able to have success just diving into the KBO, and so much more. And that is on the other side right here on the Baseball Betting Podcast with myself, Greg Peterson. Greg is calling in a pinch hitter from the Overtime Network Hotline. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast with myself, Greg Peterson. Great to have on our next guest. You probably know him on Twitter as David Demand 2 And you can follow his website at DavidDemand2.com. And that is his Twitter handle as well. He is an EV sports better, and he is a man that has all of a sudden got into Korean baseball, much like myself, and he's based out there in the lovely city of San Diego. David, great to have you on the podcast, my man. How are you? Greg, doing well, man. Hanging in there and, yeah, kind of passing the time and, you know, trying to perfect my baseball craft a little bit over with the KBO. <laughs> so it's been fun. Oh, absolutely. It is fun. And I know that there are a lot of people are getting into the KBO for the first time. Much like myself, I think that most people are handicapping this for the first time. And do you have any tips for people that might be handicapping a new league? Because we know that there are some things that are similar to the MLB when it comes to the KBO, but there are obviously some differences as well. And 
I do think that there is a little bit of a process in trying to handicap a new league like this. Yeah, there's definitely some wrinkles you know, that make it unique from MLB, but at its core, you know, it's still primarily a numbers-based stat, and you still have your OPS and, you know, XFIP and, and things like that that are pretty much universal in the baseball world. But on top of that, you know, some of the wrinkles, like I said, you got to factor in is the ball juice, you know, all the speculation about that, the quality or, you know, lack of quality in almost every bullpen. So there's some unique challenges that make it a little tougher, but at the same time, gives you plenty of entertainment. Oh, I'm right there with you. And I've noticed the biggest thing with the KBOs compared to the MLB is that other than really at Pinnacle, I think that they're the only site that does this. You have to be betting based on the team rather than pitcher dependent, which you always want to make that moniker because whenever you'd be betting on like the Houston Astros and Justin Verlander would be taking the mound, you'd be able to go pitcher dependent. That means that Justin Verlander has to throw the first pitch in the KBO if you bet on like Dan Straley with the Lote Giants, he gets scratched. Well, you're still stuck with the Lote Giants. So I do think that that's a big distinction. And one thing I've noticed as well is that you're going to find a little bit more contact in the KBO. You're mentioning whether or not the ball is juice, but you are able to get typically a couple more home runs when you do put the bat on the ball. And I do think that they, that is something to note. And I think that that goes a little bit under the radar because I think what people don't realize last year is that in the KBO, the league-wide batting average was 267. So these are a bunch of guys that they might not be looking to hit the home run, but they're certainly looking to get on base. Yeah, you're exactly right. It's a different approach over there. I don't remember the exact number, but I want to say in 2019 in MLB, the league-wide K per nine was above nine slightly. It might have been 9.1, 9.2. But I think last year in the KBO, the league-wide K per nine was under seven. So again, just to kind of drive home your point, these are guys who put the bat on the ball. They have an emphasis on contact. And yeah, you know, frankly, it makes for a pretty entertaining game. Totally agree with you, as we do have David Saul, a.k.a. David DeMand, joining me right here on the podcast. And what has really been a little bit of a surprise to you this KBO season? I think for me, it has to be the SK Wyverns, a team that I thought was going to be pretty solid this year, being right now dead last in the KBO. This is a team that last year, they were doing a pretty good job with their bullpen. And honestly, the pitching hasn't been a total nightmare. It's really been more of the fielding than anything else. But what we also know about SK is that they just cannot get on base to save their lives. Yeah, I'm with you. SK has been the biggest surprise on the negative. You know, this is a team that perennially is toward the top of the KBO and sitting, I don't know what it is, one and seven, one and eight right now. They have a lot of hitters in the middle of their lineup that has been underachieving. The bullpen's been bad. Like you said, the defense has been bad and they, you know, just can't get out of their own way right now. Long run, they're a team that probably will have some nice uh, buy low options here in the near future because I do think they're far better than what they're currently playing, but I'm right there with you. It's been a strange ride for them so far. Absolutely. And what a lot of people don't remember is that if it wasn't for a massive collapse at the end of the 2019 season, they would have been in the KBO Championship Series. And that's because if you win the regular season in the KBO, it means that you get an automatic buy to the World Series. So the playoff over in Korea is much different than it is in the United States. And I actually think that that places a little bit more emphasis on every single game. Obviously, you're typically not going to see teams, no matter what league you're in, not giving it their all, whether it's MLB, KBO, heck, even the NBA, game number nine, you're still pretty juiced up. You're ready to go. But I do think that that is something to take note of when you get like game 100 of the season. These guys, they're still playing for playoff positioning, whereas in the MLB, maybe you lose a game in late July. You just say, ah, no big deal. We're still in first place. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I'm with you. I wanted to mention earlier, sorry to backtrack, on the opposite side, we were talking about Wyvern, surprise disappointment so far. I was going to mention on the flip side of that, Lote, blazing hot out of the gate, is kind of, you know, an interesting keep your eye on team because a lot of the advanced metrics, you know, algorithm projection type number deals had them right at the bottom of the league, decisively toward the bottom of the league. So to see them playing so well is interesting. It really is, and I think that that's a very good point that you bring up because Lotte was dead last in the KBO in 2019, 6-3 start. I think that they failed to get to four runs just twice now so far this year after they failed to early Friday morning, as we do have David Sells to be right here on the podcast. And it's going to be a fascinating matchup for Saturday morning slash Sunday night, depending on where you're looking, because they are going to be setting out there Noah kyung Yun. Hopefully I said that one correctly, a guy who... Last year, I had a pretty solid season with a 408 year RA. Year before that, he was limited, and it wasn't good with a good old 1166 ERA. And he's going to be going up against American-born Warwick Sepold. And as I'm seeing it right now, Hanwha is finding themselves right around a minus 130 favorite and a total of nine. Where do you stand on this one? Because Lote has been very good to the over, but I do think that there is a little bit of regression coming for this team, especially with having a couple aging guys like Adeho Lee. Yeah, I'm with you. Lote has five or six hitters in their lineup that are due for some serious regression. You know, like we mentioned a few minutes ago, they've had a fun start and they've put up some nice numbers, but, you know, they're going to start coming back to earth and tonight could be a big nudge back in that direction. Sapple, I don't want to mispronounce his name, is, <laughs> is one of the better starting pitchers in this league. You know, frankly, I expect a nice showing from him tonight. I haven't gotten too deep yet into the numbers as far as what I'm going to play and what I won't. That would be my lean, both toward Hanwha and the under. Yeah, and what I've noticed with Hanwha as well is that out of 10 games so far this year, they've had one total that wound up going north of nine so far this year, which means that in all the other games, total runs have been nine or fewer. So certainly taking a look at that under. And what we also know is that the best team in the KBO so far this year has been the NC Dinos. I think that a lot of people expected this team to be, be pretty good. I don't think a lot of people expected the team to be eight and one good, especially with the American board Aaron Altair, who I call in this podcast, Aaron Terrible as he's hitting 200 right now. But how do you view this NC Dinos team? Because what I think has been really surprising is that we sort of knew that the bats would be there. They've got a bunch of guys that year in and year out, they do a good job of getting on base, led the league in home runs last year. But bullpen pitching for them has actually been quite superb. The Dinos are definitely good. I just want to get that out of the way before I say what I'm about to get into. <laughs> they're good, but they're not this good. They've already had two or three kind of Houdini, you know, walk-off last-at-bat kind of wins or extra inning wins. You know, typically the kind of games that land you around 50-50 in the long term, and it feels like every time they're in one of those, they find a way to win. Again, credit to them for winning those games, but at some point, you know, you wonder how realistic it is that they're going to continue to win them at such a clip. And on the other side, Wyverns, again, you know, we, we mentioned them. And that would kind of be my look at this point. I mean, I'll, I'll have to dig deeper before playing anything, but I'm probably Wyverns or pass here. I do think that it's interesting because I certainly do think that there is going to be a little bit of regression coming in for NC. And I do think that looking at these American-born players is important because, in my opinion, Aaron Terrible is one of the worst <laughs> or one of the most terrible American-born players out there in the KBO. And then you also take a look at the Kiwoom Heroes, one of the better teams out there in the KBO. They made a terrible signing with Taylor Motter. 
I remember covering this guy in 2016 when he was with the Seattle Mariners. He hit below the Mendoza line there in double A last year. He hit below the Mendoza line. So far this year in the KBO, <laughs> he's hitting below 200. I think that that's going to catch up with them. Meanwhile, a team in Lote, who we talked about a little bit earlier, a big reason why they're succeeding, Dixon Machado, a guy that was pretty solid in the Cubs organization last year. I don't know why they didn't keep him around. And then you also take a look at Roberto Ramos, who's been doing a very good job with the LG Twins. I don't know why the Colorado Rockies didn't keep him around. And as a result, Twins and Giants, both either 5-3 and three or 6-3. and three. Yeah, it, it's an interesting angle there, Greg. Not, not even so much capping-wise, but just as a general fan of baseball. To watch a lot of these guys who are trying to bounce back to MLB, and as you watch and as you cap these games, kind of wonder to yourself, how realistic of a chance is it for blankety-blank? You know, how realistic is it for this guy, that guy? And you go through them, and some of them, you know, there, there's no shot. But, but some of the more intriguing ones, well, that's just kind of another added entertainment value, at least to me. Totally agree with you. And David, is there anything else in regards to the, I guess you could call it Saturday morning card for us on the West Coast? A couple of games are going to be starting late Friday night. A couple of these games are going to be starting early Saturday that you really have your eye eye on because I personally am going to be taking a look at the KT Wiz who on this podcast are nicknamed the Smiling Blobs versus the Samsung Lions. The total on this game is 11. I do think that this has gotten out of whack. The KT Wiz slash Smiling Blobs bullpen has been terrible, but at some point, I think the bleeding's going to stop, and I just don't think that Samsung has the offense to take control of it, and I don't think that KT is going to be lighting it up enough so that this total gets north of double digits. Yeah, I agree with you there. KT at first glance looks nice. And Kia, although, you know, the best number is already gone there. We'll, we'll see what that number does the rest of the night. But uh, Kia at, at plus 100-ish, plus 105 is still right around range. And from there, frankly, I'd have to dig a little bit more before I'm comfortable loving anybody anything that might lose. <laughs> oh, totally understand as we're doing this right around like 3 o'clock p.m. Pacific time. So I do not blame you there. And I know that you're a man that you post out all your plays on social media you do a great job of answering questions whenever they arise as well. So let the good people at home just know where they can get a little bit more of your work and just what you're doing in general. Because I know that you're doing the KBO. I also know that you have not gone to the levels of betting on Russian <laughs> table tennis, which is also known as ping pong. Yeah, I haven't ventured into that world yet. <laughs> Pretty wild what's going on with some of that, but each their own as far as how people need to pass the time, you know, in these unique circumstances. Like you said earlier, my Twitter handle is David Demand too. I've been around for a while and I wanted to mention before I left, kudos to you, man, for still grinding it out and doing this podcast daily when frankly, we're in a time where it would have been easy to throw in the towel for a couple months and then resurface. So kudos to you, man. I, I really do respect it. I appreciate it. Thank you. And much like so many people out there, I need to keep myself occupied. So as long as I'm keeping myself occupied, might as well help out the good people out there. And David does a great job of helping the good people out as well. So big thanks to him for joining me right here on the Baseball Podcast with myself, Greg Peterson. And coming up next, it is that time of the podcast, which I give you a side of total on every game on today's KBO card as we touch them all. Welcome back to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson as we're off to a quality start. And now it's time to walk it off in a grand fashion. And we are back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast with myself, Greg Peterson. Big thanks to David Demantu for joining me in the last segment. And now it is that time of the podcast, which I give you a side in total on every game on today's Las Vegas betting board as we 
Touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Note that any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at GNRSCORDY1. Going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order as per usual, and as I mentioned with our good buddy David, unlike traditional MLB betting, in the KBO, you are betting on the team. You are unable to go pitcher dependent. Really at any place other than Pinnacle, if you find a place in which you're able to go a little bit more pitcher dependent other than Pinnacle, please do let me know. But as far as I know, that is the only one. But what is not the only one is the amount of games that you're able to bet as. Right now, we've got five on the betting board. There's going to be a total of six. The LG Twins and the Kiwoom Heroes are going to be playing too. As of right now, every book on the face of planet Earth does not have a line for game two of that doubleheader because we don't know who the starting pitchers is going to be. We have no idea what's going to be happening with that regard, so I'm not going to be able to give you a play on that. But when a line does become available on game two of that doubleheader, the plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at GNRS41. So I want to get that out of the way right now. Now let's dive into it. 304-661, 304-662. The Hanwha Eagles are going to be playing us to the Lotte Giants. The Giants find themselves anywhere between a plus 105 and plus 115 underdog. Meanwhile, with Hanwha, it's anywhere between minus 125 and minus 135. Total on this game is 9. With the 9, the over is anywhere between minus 105 and minus 110. The under is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115. And if you're looking at the projected starters for this one, it is Warwick's a pole that is going to be going for the Eagles and then going for the Lotte Giants in this one. No Kyung Yun and Mr. No has been Mr. Yes so far for Lotte last year. He was 9 and 6, 408 ERA. He was very solid in his first start of the 2020 campaign. It wasn't necessarily as successful. He wound up giving up five runs and five innings, but with that said, got a no decision in that one despite the fact that he gave up a home run. And we also know about Lotte is that they have been a very good offensive team. They have gotten to at least four runs in all but two of their games so far this year. A big parallel as compared to Hanwha because with the Eagles, I mentioned it with David, they've had just one game so far this year in which the total closed north of nine. And by that, I don't mean the betting total. I mean the amount of runs in the game was north of nine. So this is a team that they've got some good pitching, but they don't necessarily have a lot of hitting, which I do think is going to be very fascinating to take a look at because the Eagles American-born player Jared Hoang, he hasn't been great. He hasn't been awful. He's hitting a 242, which you expect a little bit more out of him. Just one home run. He had 18 of them last year. You got to expect that he's going to be able to have a little bit of a come up there. But some of the guys in the middle of the lineup, like a Lee Sung Yol, has been able to do a solid job right around a 282 average. But then you take a look at the flip side for Lotte. You've got Sun Siop. He has been hitting a 429. That is in the top five of the KBO last year. He had a 295. And for that matter, he's hit at least a 295 in every year since the 2010 season began. So he does a great job of getting on base. Very good base stealer as well. So he does a great job of being able to set the table for Lotte. And then I mentioned Deho Lee and all that he's been able to do. And what's been really surprising for Lotte is that the bullpen has been quite solid for this team. They've been able to do a nice job of being able to hold down the fort, not really let things get away from them. So it is something that you do want to take note of. And then when you take a look at what you're going to be able to get out of Mr. Sapol, this first start in the KBO for the 2020 season was a complete game shutout. He has been one of the better pitchers, as we mentioned, in the KBO. I really like what he's able to do. When you take a look at ERA in the KBO, Sapol, his 120 is number three in the KBO among all pitchers that went at least nine innings. And then you've got three out of the top eight players in the KBO in regards to ERA 
for guys that pitch at least nine innings in that top eight. So they have been able to do a great job there. You got to like what they've been able to do. And then with Lotte, I do think that they are going to be shut down a little bit more in this one. I think it's going to be a little bit lower scoring. I think that Hanwha, much like they did yesterday, they're going to be able to get the job done in a lower scoring game. So we're going to be laying the number here with the Eagles, and we are going to be taking this total under as well. This is a game that I mentioned is going to be game one of the doubleheader. We have numbers on this one. We don't have numbers on game two, as I mentioned a few minutes ago. 304-663, 304-664. The LG Twins are going to be playing those to the Kiwoom Heroes. If you're looking at the Heroes, you're going to be getting right around minus 105. Depending on your book, you're seeing a little bit of variance with this, but mostly minus 105. You might be able to find an even, which means that the Twins, they're probably going to be right around minus 115 to minus 120 if you have a book with good juice. If you have one with a little bit lesser juice, it might be a little bit more. And your total on this game, it is 8.5. The over is anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115. The under is anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115 as well. And if you're taking a look at the heroes in this one, they are going to be sending out their American-born Jake Brigham. Meanwhile, Casey Kelly is going to be going for the LG Twins. And Casey Kelly last year in the KBO was absolutely terrific. 14-12 and 12 record, but a 2.55 ERA. He was rock solid with that regard. He was done in by the fact that he had 19 runs given up that were unearned. And I believe that this was over the course of 29 starts. So he certainly was let down there. That's nearly an unearned run per game. He does a nice job of being able to keep things out in front of him. Right around two walks per nine innings last year gave up seven home runs in 180 and a third inning. I think that the fact that he was in quarantine for 14 days when he went from the States back to Korea really affected him in the first start. I do think that we're going to see a much better Mr. Kelly in this one. And then with Jake Brigham, the year has been just very awkward for him to say the least. In his first start, he wound up only being able to go three and a third innings. And the reason why is because a fire broke out nearby the stadium in which he was playing in for Kiwoom. They wound up having to delay the game for about 20 minutes. They did not let him go out after that. So that is the reason why over the course of two starts, he has seven and third innings and he's only given up three earned runs. So it certainly is a little bit herky-jerky with that regard. And then you take a look at what you've been able to get out of the Kiwoom Euros. This is a team that they don't necessarily have a bunch of guys so far this year that have been able to hit the long ball. But what they do have is someone that last year was leading the league in home runs, and that would be Byungo Park. He went deep 33 times last year. So far, just two this year, but this is a man that has at least 30 home runs in every one of his KBO seasons ever since the beginning of the 2012 season, actually. Spent a little bit of time with the Minnesota Twins as well, so he is a very well-traveled man. And then when you take a look at the heroes in general, Taylor Motter, just a completely useless player when it comes to position players from America. We were talking about this with our good buddy David DeMann, but what you do have to like about the heroes is the fact that from top to bottom, you've actually got some very good hitting on this team. You also have to like the fact that Lee Jung-ho does a great job of being able to set the table for this team. He's hit at least 324 in all three of his KBO seasons. He's off to a 355 start so far this year. He's not necessarily the greatest base dealer in the world either, but what he does a great job of, not striking out. Just 40 times he struck out last year, so that is something that is very good. And I do think that the Heroes have won the better bullpens that you're going to find out there in the KBO. I think that the LG Twins are going to be able to do a good job of holding down the fort with their bullpen as well. They actually entered into their game a few days ago with the worst starting ERA among all the KBO teams, but their bullpen won the top ERAs as well. And what you got to love about the LG Twins as well is that you've got so many guys that do a great job of being able to get on base. 
Lee Chung Wong, along with Roberto Ramos and Kim Young Soo, are all in the top 10 when it comes to batting average. All these guys hitting a 387 or better, and all these guys have some power other than really Chung Woo. Roberto Ramos spent some time with the Colorado Rockies organization last year. He's been very good. And then Ying Sun has really been a good godsend for this team. He's a guy with the glasses and the mustache. He's sitting at 290 so far this year. Power hasn't necessarily been there, but he does a very good job of just not giving away at bats, not striking out. He has been very much a steady Eddie guy. I think that both bullpens are going to be very solid in this one. I do think that the starters are going to be able to go deep. I'm going to be taking this total under, but I think that in the end, LG just has a little bit more with regards to batting average. I think that they're going to be able to get a very good start out of Mr. Kelly. So for that reason, we're going to be taking the Twins here, and we are going to be taking this total under. We move on to 304-671-304-672. We do have a little bit of a skip on this one. Not necessarily sure why. I think it's because the first two games are going to be played at 10 o'clock p.m. Pacific, and these are games that are going to be played at 1 a.m. Pacific, 4 a.m. Eastern, so I think that that explains it, but with that said, you've got the Nissan Bears, and they are going to be hitting the road to face off against the Kia Tigers. With the Kia Tigers, you're finding them across the board as a little bit of an underdog. I'm seeing mostly plus 105. Your number might vary a little bit. I am seeing a plus 115 as well, but with that said, you're mostly seeing plus 105, which means that the Nissan Bears Edler lowest is going to be minus 125, seeing a lot of minus 130, minus 135 as well. And your total on this game, it is 9.5. The over has a lot of juice on it. Anywhere between minus 105 and minus 120, which means that the under anywhere between minus 115 and even. So shop around accordingly as your starters in this one for Dusan are going to be Lee Yong Chan. And for Kia, you've got Yang Hun Jun. And if you wound up watching the ESPN broadcast a couple days ago, they were talking about guys currently in the KBO that are natives of South Korea that might be looking to go stateside. It was Young Hun Jung that was really the one pitcher that they expect to be posted up. This is someone that has been an ace in the KBO. Over the last three seasons, he has won at least 13 games in every one of them. Last year was 16-8 and with a 2-2-9 ERA. He's been off to a little bit of a rough start so far this year. Just nine innings pitch in his first two starts. Wound up giving up six runs, all of which were earned at two home runs. That's a little bit shocking considering he gave up six home runs in 184 and two-thirds innings so far this year. And I do think that Dusan is certainly going to be in for some regression. You've got Jose Miguel Fernandez, who's right now hitting above 500. There's just no way that's going to be able to duplicate itself. I mean, he has been absolutely terrific, and he's going to be great this year. But when you've got him along with O.J. Ill, who's hitting a 425, there's no place to go but down at this point. And with J. Ill, he's been able to do a great job of being able to splice the power as well. Three home runs. I do think that this home run clip is sustainable. Kim J.O. has been hitting a 371 for the team. I mean, the list of guys that have been able to produce just goes on and on. Everyone, one through nine, has been good for Dusan, but we know this as well. With Dusan, the bullpen has been shaky, the entire pitching has been shaky, and a lot of it hasn't been their fault, just because we have noticed with Dusan, the fielding, it is a little bit suspect, but you do have essentially the ace of the KBO that's going to be going in this game, so I do think that that's a little bit of a interesting parallel. And then when you take a look at Kia, other than really yesterday in which Dusan was able to light it up with regards to the scoreboard. They've been doing a solid job of keeping games out in front of them. They gave up four runs or fewer in four straight games. This is actually a pretty rock-solid bullpen. They did trot out there a lot of their less-than-stellar arms, and I do like what Preston Tucker is able to bring to the table for the team. A 417 batting average, three home runs. 
He wound up committing a little bit of a flub out in the outfield yesterday, but he is a pretty solid fielder as well. And then you take a look at Choi Won Jun. I think it's very imperative for him to be able to get going. Hit just a buck 98 last year. He is a leadoff hitter for this team, but if he's able to get on base, he does have some pretty solid wheels. So I do think that that is something that you need to keep note of. But Kim Soon Bin, he has been able to do a very good job in the middle of the lineup for this roster as well. 314 batting average has yet to go yard. He's not much of a power hitter despite the fact that he's in the 3 0. 23 career home runs despite the fact that he's been in the KBO since 2008. This is not a Kia team that's going to take you yard, but they're just going to give you the death by a million cuts. I do think that the Kia Tigers are going to be able to get a very good start in this one. I do think that they are going to be able to play enough small ball to get enough runs on the board to be able to get the win. So we're going to be taking the Kia Tigers here, but I do think that this is going to be a rare low-scoring game for Dusan, so we are also going to be taking this total under. We move on to 304-673-304-674. The Samsung Lions are going to be hitting the road to face off against the KT Wiz, and as we know, the KT Wiz are better known as the Smiling Blobs. With the Smiling Blobs, they are a favorite in this one because that's what all Blobs are. They are between minus 125 and minus 140. So we're seeing quite a range with that price, which means that the Lions anywhere between plus 105 and plus 120. Your total on this game, it seems to be settling in at 11. I saw a couple 11 and a a little bit earlier, but now I'm seeing mostly 11. With the over on 11, it is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120. Under is anywhere between even and minus 110. And the reason why you've got such a high total is that you've got a pitching matchup of Kim Min for the Smiling Blobs and Yu Sung Wan going for the Samsung Lions and what I think is going to be big is Yu Sung Wan being able to duplicate what he did in the 2019 season. This is someone that has not pitched at all so far this year but if you take a look at what he did in 2019 he wasn't terrible. He wound up giving up less than a home run per nine innings. He is not a swing and miss guy at all. I think that he had less than four strikeouts per nine innings, but he just did a good job of being able to keep the game out in front of him right around three walks per nine innings. So he's nothing great, but at the same time, he's okay. The Samsung Lions bullpen got lit up like a Christmas tree yesterday, but not all of that was their fault. A lot of it was on the fielding. I do think that they're going to be able to step up in this one. And then when you take a look at Kim Min, this is someone that just got completely torched in his first start of the year. He has a 15.75 ERA as he wound up going four innings, giving up seven runs, all of which were earned in his first start. He had one strikeout and two home runs. When you give up more home runs than strikeouts, that's not necessarily a good sign. And then when you take a look at our good friends, the Smiling Blobs, Mel Rojas is hitting above a 450. He's got two home runs. You got to think that the home runs are sustainable. I think he's going to see a dip in batting average. Simu John was really able to get it going prior to the game Friday morning. He was hitting right around a 220. He's now hitting a 275 at the top of the lineup, which is big because he's got some of the best wheels that you're going to find out there in the KBO. 24 stolen bases was caught three times last year. But you've got Kim Min Hook, who's at the number two spot. He's hitting a 133 so far this year, so that has been a little bit of a doldrum, and you just don't know what you're going to get out of the Smiling Blobs from game to game, because their 9-hitter, Bae Young Day, he's hitting a 345 so far this year. He had a 200 or worse each of the previous two years. I think that there's going to be some regression there. You're noticing the bottom of the lineup actually hitting better than the top of the lineup for KT, so I do think that some of the guys at the top are going to be improving. I think that some of the guys at the bottom are going to be seeing a fall-off, and 
for Samsung. Their American-born player, Tyler Saladino, he's currently on the injured list. I would actually argue that that's a addition by subtraction because you take a look at this team, you got to think that at some point Lee Sung Wok is going to be able to get things going. He had 19 home runs for the team last year. He's got two so far this year, but he's only hitting a buck 76. He does do a good job of being able to get walks 282 on base, but I think that at some point it's going to come along for him. I also think that Kim Dong-Yup is going to be able to do a solid job at the DH spot as well. He's hitting a 310 so far this year. Only hit a 215 last year. And what's been interesting about Samsung is that the guys that have been perennially pretty good are not hitting so far this year. The guys that have been perennially pretty stinky have been actually quite solid so far this year. So we're seeing a little bit of a flip in that regard. But I will say that Samsung, they have been one of the worst teams when it comes to batting average out there in the KBL. Meanwhile, with the smiling blobs, they have been absolutely brutal out of the bullpen. It's a good old something's got to give situation. I do think that Samsung is going to be able to get a little bit of a better start than the KT Smiling Blobs are going to be able to get out of Kim Min. I think that as a result, it is going to be a little bit of a lower scoring game. I think that it's going to be more like 5-4, to 6-4, to four, something like that. I just think that 11 is a little bit too high here, so we're going to be taking this total under and we are going to be taking our good friend the Samsung Lions at the plus price and fade the Smiling Blobs. And we go to our last game on the Las Vegas betting board. That would be 304-675, 304-676. The NC Dinos are going to be hitting the road to play against the SK Wyverns. The Wyverns have certainly been having a little bit of a struggle so far this year, and as a result, they are finding themselves as an underdog. Depending on where you look, you're going to be finding them mostly at about a plus 110, depending on where you shop. I am seeing out there a couple plus 115s as well, which means that the NC Dinos at minimum on minus 130, probably going to find a lot of minus 135s as well. And your total on this game, it is ranging between 9 and 9.5. At the 9.5, your over is juice of minus 105, and the under is minus 115. Meanwhile, if you are taking a look at the 9, the over is juice of minus 120, and the under is even. And our good buddies, the little dinos, they're going to be trotting out there. Kim Young-Goo for their starter, and it is going to be Kim Tae-Hoon, who goes for the Wyverns, who I almost called the Smiling Blobs. I caught myself on that one. But with that said, Tae-Hoon has been pretty solid so far this year. He's got a 3 ERA. His first start, he won 6 innings, and he gave up 2 runs. The Wyverns, I think, are going to be able to get on track with regards to their pitching. But what they are also facing is an NC Dinos team that led the KBO with regards to home runs last year. This is a team that has just been a machine on offense as they have scored at least four runs in all but one of their games so far this year. And with the Wyverns, they are dead last in the KBO when it comes to runs per game. Like I said, I do think that the bullpen is going to improve. But when you take a look at what the Dinos have top to bottom, it is absolutely murder's row. Na Sung Bum is tied for the league lead at home runs. He has went deep four times so far this year. And ironically enough, when you take a look at what the Wyverns are getting, they actually have a couple guys that are able to go yard. Jamie Romack has not necessarily been able to put it together, but he's hitting at 273. Last year, he was one of the top players with regards to home runs with 29. He has only one so far this year. You got to think that at some point he's going to be able to get on track. Ujon Hyuk has not gotten a lot of at-bats for the Wyverns as well, but he has been able to do a good job of getting on base. He's hitting a 400, and then with the Wyverns, what's going to be big for them is being able to get hits that aren't home runs if they're able to get on base a little bit more be a bit more consistent when it comes to that regard. They are going to be just fine. But what you got to love about the Dinos is that 1 through 9 are all able to hit. Even Kim Tae Jin, who is right now number 9 in the lineup, he's hitting above a 300 for this team. They have been dealing with a little bit of injury when it comes to catcher spot. But Kim Tae Goon, that wound up being behind the 
plate yesterday. He is hitting a 286 on the year, so there are no easy outs other than maybe Aaron Altair, who I call Aaron Alterable. He's only hitting a 200 so far this year. This is someone that just has not been able to get it going, but what helps him out is that King Jin's son, who below him is hitting a 444, has been able to go deep twice himself. He had a career three home runs before this year. Now, granted, that was in a little bit of a more limited sample size, but he has been able to do a great job. I think that the Dinos are going to give up a little bit more when it comes to the bullpen, but I do think that the offense is still going to be firing on all cylinders. I'm going to take this total over, and I'm going to lay the number here with the Dinos, and that will wrap things up for the Baseball Betting Podcast on this Friday afternoon. Some of you guys that are listening, it might be Saturday morning, but with that said, these are games that are going to be played from Friday into Saturday. So big thanks to you guys for tuning in. If you like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And if you ever have a question for the podcast, write it into my timeline at GRS41. Big thanks to David Saul, a.k.a. David Demand, for joining me in the last segment. Hopefully you're all safe, healthy, and doing well. I'll talk to you guys once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in.